Thank you uh, for joining us on another episode of Direct Connect, uh, where we're going to talk about a few things that uh, just uh, sit in our craw, things that we want to share with you or share with each other or just, you know, kind of bellyache here and there. So I got with me today, I got uh, Brian Carr, the famous Brian Carr, donut Brian Carr, (laughs) beard Brian Carr. What do you call yourself these days? You know, it's changing these days. I don't know. Uh, Thanks for coming. And Brent, appreciate you coming as usual. Uh, be able to share some of your expertise of managing some of these compliance uh, um, yahoos. Is that what the term we use for auditors, right? Technical so, term, yes. Technical, technical term. term. Well, thank you for coming and uh, let's get to it. I think one of the things that I keep on seeing lately, guys, I don't know if you're seeing out there in the utility space, is this, uh, you know, compliance uh, is taking this forefront over security so many times, but we all know that the compliance management is such an essential part of what we do um, for anything, whether you're doing an OOP, TSA, or you're doing it for NERC SIP. It's, it's, it's just part of life when you're in a regulated world. And, um, you know, trying to balance that, I think culturally becomes quite an interesting thing to me. I, I'm seeing a lot of utilities out there that are just uh, um, so focused on their compliance practices, they forget what they're supposed to do. And uh, a lot of it is, as I think, probably the compliance program is such a onerous activity. Um, they're not managing that very well. Um, they're they're over spreadsheeting themselves. Maybe maybe that's what you call it. I don't know. What are you guys seeing? Yeah, definitely. And, and I don't know. So some of it I kind of fault to the to the standards and the way they're written. But some of them are so documentation heavy that. Uh, yeah, they, they, a lot of these companies spend so many resources just trying to document some of the basic activities and kind of lose sight of why, you know, the, the why behind it. But and that's that's long long been the issue with SIP too, right? It's very, very evidence. Uh, I don't want to say evidence. Evidence and documentation are two different things, but very documentation heavy. Um, and, you know, there's so much that goes into it that, uh, uh, yeah, you do. You get lost in the weeds, right? And you forget, oh, what are we doing this for? And what's you know, what's the overall benefit and lose sight of the security. And now isn't part of it is how the regulation actually written, right? I mean, like you said, mm-hmm. there's a lot of burden on documentation, but um, there's other regulations in, in other industries other than ours that, that are more assessment based that maybe there isn't that much of burden. Um, maybe it's our own fault, right? Um, if, if in the electric sector we have some control over it, maybe not in the oil and gas, but in electric sector, we had some control of it by way of creating our own standards. Here we are with a bunch of standards that require a lot of documentation. Well, I look at things like <clears throat> you guys mentioned, you know, the, the over spreadsheeting of, of the world. And I think of, of we've we've over, overutilized the tools and technologies. We've dumped so much money into the tools and technologies and, and, and people aren't really seeing a true benefit from those tools or technologies, right? So, you know, we, we've got a lot of good intelligence that comes out of that, but what do you do with it? What do you do with that intelligence that you're getting out of your tools and technology? How do you, you know, how do you make action or, or make that data actionable um, that you're taking out of your tools and technology? And I think that's where it's, a lot of people- It's almost that. like you have to get rid of some of that noise, right? 
um, in order to focus on what you're really doing this all about. I mean, wh why you're doing regulation, why you're being regulated, and that's to in, in the electric sector. It's that it's those crown jewels, right? Um, it's that uh, um, you know that whole element of uh, you know the the OT side of the world. That's what you're trying to protect. Um, you're doing that in oil and gas too, and and uh, if you have so much noise, you forget that there there's something to protect. And um, I think, you know, with all that data that we are collecting, if you're going to do it, use it to your advantage, right? Um, mm -hmm. Turn it on its head. Uh, don't just, you know, keep on sucking it in, um, you know, and, and going through the motions of, of checking this box and checking that box so you can show, a, you know, an auditor um, that you did something. What you really want to do is use that information to make a difference. If you've got to do it, do it for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of worry about um, you know utilities long term where where they're going to go with um, their compliance programs because um, you know when we first started at least in the NERC SIP when we first started and I'm starting to see this a little bit in the TSA stuff really focused on 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 a problem uh, in the electric sector we had you know a potential malware thing that blew up part of the the country you know gave visibility in the northeast where you couldn't see anything and caused a lot of damage. Um, is contributor, not necessarily the whole thing, but, um, you know, as time goes on, you forget about those things. And now you're all about how do we make sure the auditors stay out of our, our business? How do we make sure they go away? And, um, you know, I don't know, controls, internal controls, right? We've been talking <laughs> about that for how long? Yeah. It's been a long time. Nearly a decade. Nobody's, nobody's figured it out. No. <laughs> Brent, weren't you, were you in, when you were at WEC, were you responsible for some of that? So I wasn't responsible, you know, directly responsible for you know, bringing the controls. I'm not blaming you. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> but I did have a hand to play. I did have a hand to play in, in the development of a process to, you know, by which the regions are going to you know, evaluate the control, the control effectiveness. And again, I think we're still, even after a decade, we're still in our infancy of recognizing what a quality control is, whether it's preventative, detective, or corrective, uh, recognizing you know how how a, you know a regional auditor or someone in the the regional space is going to recognize and and, and effectively judge um, and assess a, a, the quality of a control um, is still a challenge, and, and I know the regions are, are working toward that. But again, you bring in these regulations. Now we're throwing tools at them, right? We've thrown tools at them for over a decade. We still haven't gotten to the point where it's like really driving effective change in our organizations. Now we're going to bolt on another layer of control objectives that we intend to, you know, uh, develop and implement controls that, that are to prevent or reduce or mitigate our risk. Um, and again, you, you lose sight of what you really, your core competency is. Um, I think when you go, you really have to look broadly holistically. So having something to bring all those tools, controls, uh, regulations into one space so you have a single pane of glass you're working from, I think is the next step in maturing our programs. I hate to say this, Brian. I hate to say this, but I'm so distracted by your beard right now. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I just, I just got it cleaned up the other day too. And it's no, it looks good. It's just like, Oh, <laughs> just something different. I'm jealous. I mean, I'm trying to go there. I'm going, okay, I'm going to do, a, you know, the beard thing since Brian did such a good job. And it's, I it's new. It's new to me still. Yeah. But yeah takes yeah. me a good four months for it all to come out. But. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the only hair I can grow on my body. I mean, come on. Well, gee, TMI. <laughs> you, you, you too. You got a head of hair. I got. I can do a face of hair, and that's oh, it. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, our beards are growing, but so is uh, so is a lot of the security woes that we have. So, I, I really just hope the industry, you know, kind of can see the problems that are exist out there. That I mean. It, I'll say this all the time, you know, when NERC came out, it was one of the first, you know, really, um, you know, security regulations that had some teeth to it. And, and it did move some needles. It definitely did. There's no doubt about it. But it makes me wonder if we need to consider some reform now. I mean, I don't know if any of the changes that are happening now really impact, are going to impact any positive thing. Um, you know, yeah. we see the Project 2016 stuff. Holy cow. Yeah, that scares the crud out of me. It really does. Yeah. Um, well, and, and you said it right there. I mean, look at the speed at which things do move. That was Project 2016 mm, or yeah. you know, yeah. 2022. So, you know, six years into this, you had change to the standards and, you know, it, keeping up with technology and, and current threats is always, it's always been lagging. And then to your point, the real question is, is what, what effect is it going to have? I think that's that's another point that a lot of people lose lose sight of. You know, we talk about the administrative burden, you know, just throwing throwing whatever they can at it to try and make compliance easier, make it go away. But they're also losing losing sight of some of those major points. And hey, is what we're going to do is it actually effective? How do we measure it? You know, what does it look like? Um, a lot of that still a lot of, a lot of entities still struggle with that. On, it makes you know. I was just sitting here thinking about you know. I don't know how long it's been since you guys have looked at the NRC cybersecurity regulations, you know, the, the requirements mm -hmm. that they have listed out. What is that? A couple of pages. I mean, yeah. it's not a huge thing. I, I yeah. wonder if anybody, did, if they did a, you know, a comparison between how secure the electric sector is in their most critical areas versus how, you know, a nuclear site cybersecurity is. If, if yeah. the, they're in, one's better than the other, I said, I would, I'd put I put some money on the fact that it's probably about the same. Yeah, but aren't aren't they all air gapped there on the nuke side? I mean, that's what I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> we know that's not true, uh, but you know that 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 you know they got to a certain level of security out of out of purpose. It made business. It's a business decision that was very clear. Um, in the electric sector, they needed some nudging. Um, we're now thirteen years into it, maybe a little more, a little less. Um, is changing definitions in a, in a standard going to make any difference whatsoever yeah. to protecting those, those crown jewels, making this, you know, stronger. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Additionally, the, the approach to ripping open the entire, almost the entire suite of standards uh, to effectively manage, you know, a small aspect of it, which is virtualization, the virtualized environment, which is great. You know, using virtualization gives us so many, you know, opportunities from an optimization perspective, resourcing perspective. It's great. And I'm not against it, but I am against the fact that we had to rip open nearly all the work that's been done to this point uh, in order to you know, accommodate uh, the, the virtualized environment where I don't think that was necessary. Additionally, you look at yeah, some of the West government technology, you know? Yeah. I mean, couldn't have this been done with a position paper? Right from dirt, saying here's our position about what? virtual machines. That's, that's blasphemy, Stacy. No, uh, I know. It just <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I dread. I dread the thought that this actually passes. And who? I, what's the date that that's going to get passed? It might be passed or no passed before people get to watch this. 
April 11th yeah. is the is the ballots are due. Ballots are due on yeah, April 11th. So you're the third ballot. So if, if it yeah, does, yeah, it's the third round, right? If it does fail on this one, that that's precedent setting. That's never happened before, and, and it'll be interesting to see what what NERC and then more importantly FERC says about the you know the adjustment or, or the lack the lack of progress in this uh, project development. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, didn't this come from you know on back and forth about virtual virtualization, and then at some point FERC said, you know, make it so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think FERC told them to go change every single standard though, and change all the definitions and add new definitions. And, and, uh, I mean, this all. is bigger, what they're proposing and what they've proposed so far and what it looks like they're proposing now is likely as big as trans that, you know, the transformation from version three to version five, mm-hmm. um, for an any, especially on the documentation side. Yeah. It's huge. There's processes, yeah. there's there's guidance documents, there's every utility has something that has been based on these fundamental definitions that we all have now lived with through version five. Um, and some of the definitions go all the way back to the very beginning that, yep. that are well understood. Now we're going to introduce all this, this funky business or monkey business. <laughs> thought I was going to say a bad word, didn't you? Well, funky monkey business <laughs> what you're going for. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, it's 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 going to be curious to see what industry does if they're strong enough to step up and uh, uh, shoot this down. I think it's I think it's time. Yeah, and there's I think there's a severe underestimation, and you know, haven't been party to a lot of the version five drafting back in the day. Uh, just understanding what they're writing and those downstream impacts. I mean, there's mm-hmm. like you said, there's significant burden to entities just from administrative documentation, not. Not even talking any security benefit or any any type of implementation, but and to go through and update documents, process procedure docs, and and everything else is uh, drafting team certainly doesn't you know fully appreciate that. I mean it's mm-hmm. it's a it creates an, a, an additional burden on top of well, maintaining compliance with current requirements uh, while you well, make those changes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking you know the the SDTs they have their marching orders too, right? So yeah. I, I get there's boundaries that they have to live in and and and, and try to meet, but um, sure would be nice for someone somewhere. I would hope NERC would stand up and say this is this is not doing anybody any good. And uh, you know, after even two times being shot down, you would think somebody asked that question: Are we even close to going on the right direction? And what it appears is they took it as, oh, we just didn't do enough definitions and we didn't define things more. Um, Let's do more of the same and see what comes of that. Yeah. um, That or they they hope just to, just to wear down the industry to where they finally concede and say, oh, fine, we'll just vote for it. I don't think is the right approach, but. No. And there's been a couple others in the past that have got to the third ballot, I think um, really early on. um, where. And, you know, there was this, uh, I think it was, I'll say his name, Scott Mix, uh, <laughs> who went around, you know, telling people, you better pass this or less you don't like the consequences because that yeah. does open up Pandora's box, right? That, that could lead to FERC just writing the expectations, a, a ruling yeah. from them and, and not even going through the ERO. Yeah, it's true. There is definitely is that risk. Yeah. What, what about the potential of removing the uh, NERC as the ERC or the ERO, excuse me, the uh, oh. uh, compliance organization, mm-hmm. finding someone else to step in in their stead? You yeah. look at some of these, yeah. 
you look at some of these defined terms, these new definitions they're putting in place for things like interactive remote access, you know, which used to have a very explicit, you know, serial type exemption in there. It's gone. It's gone now. So what are people going to do with the serially connected devices that sit behind you know, protocol converters, as an example? You know, how, how does that come into play? Um, it really uh, unspools quickly from where people where folks are currently today in the industry versus where FERC wants them to be based on some of these defined terms. Hey, TSA, if you're listening, pay attention here. <laughs> don't, don't go 13 years and, yeah, you know, do the same thing to the oil and gas. Um, you know, there are lessons to learn from NERC, but this is one of them that uh, you got to change with the times. Um, not just the standards, not just the requirements, but your processes too. Um, at the beginning, you know, like I said, the, the utilities in the electric sector needed a shove. They needed a hard yep. shove and they needed some examples and there's been plenty of them um, yep. to wake them up and they need, now they need help. They need help to do the right thing. Um, I think you got everybody's attention. From my perspective, I think you got everybody's attention um, in the electric sector. Um, you can see in the oil and gas, they don't. So, you know, yeah. be a little draconian in the in the oil and gas and and let's get to a more of a collaborative approach to solving security solutions in the electric sector. Um, I, it's been a good eight years since I've been promoting the, you know, moving to an assessment-based um, audits versus performance-based. Yeah. Um, assessment-based, you know, you get a baseline. Um, it's, it's hard work. It'll take a few years for all the utilities to go through a baseline assessment. And then, but from there, at least you have something, you know, where they stand and you can give them an action plan over those three or six year cycles, if you wanted to retain that, um, right. for them to go work on. And then you have yeah. a measurement stick, right? You can, goodness sakes, for three years, we gave you this one, two tasks to do and you didn't do them, then you mm. can get in trouble. That, that's you know? a lot better than the current measuring stick of how many violations did you have or did you self-report? You know, there, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's so many different ways to measure, but to give, give something that's definitive and consistent across the regions, right? We see... We see many different measuring sticks out there uh, across mm -hmm. the country by by the regulators, um, even different, you know, with NERC and FERC and how they look at things and how they assess things. But oh, yeah, oh, no, oh to have a consistent, you know, we could go another whole measure. whole session on the inconsistencies between <laughs> the regions and the commissioners and the ERO. It's 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 no doubt. yeah, it's such a challenge, you know, yeah. but. Maybe that's another thing TSA should listen to. If you're yeah. going to do auditing, do it as a central body. Yep. You'll have more consistency. Absolutely. You'll have consistency somewhat, right? Right now, it's even with the the you know yeah. advent of the, the NERC ERT and other tools they've developed and implemented, you still have inconsistent practices region by region. And that's a challenge, yeah. I think. I agree. Yeah. Having it a central central body focused on the audit enforcement the, you know, the compliance monitoring practices, I think is, I think critical for TSA to take on and, and maintain. Yeah. Well, I think the final message for everyone that's paying attention, if you made it this far is, uh, you know, consider balance in your, your compliance to secure and security. You know, don't forget why you're doing this. Um, you, you want to make your company more secure. It, it, it's a good business decision to be secure. You don't want to, you yeah. don't want to be hacked. You don't want to be on the front page. You don't want to be colonial pipeline. Uh, you know, just, you know, for, don't forget that element. And that's, that'd be the greatest takeaway from this. So, um, I think with that guys, I, I, we've come up to time and I, I really appreciate you guys jumping on and having a little 
little yeah, fire, fireside chat with me Enjoy and it. talk about these things. I appreciate your expertise. And, um, you know, if anyone out there has uh, a, a need, you want to talk about, you know, solutions to reduce your burden, we have uh, we have tools that we can recommend to you that I think would really help. Uh, and uh, we have the expertise. Uh, like I said, you've heard we've been around this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so appreciate you guys sticking with us. Uh, everyone out there, have a great day and we'll talk to you later. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. See ya. Not only is Direct Connect available to listen to, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Archer News Network. If you're interested in who we are and what we do, head on over to our website at archerint.com. That's archerint.com. You can also follow us on our social media platforms, Archer International on Facebook, Archer Energy Solutions LLC on LinkedIn, at Archer underscore INTL on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and check back every other week for brand new episodes.